This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction Series. Joining you every single morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, it is, oh, it's Wednesday. It's hump day. Uh, although it does feel like still so far until Arsenal play. It's mad. Uh, it was Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and blah. Just bring the just bring me football, bring me Arsenal. And no, I don't. International football's not for me. Like, I know people are very passionate about it, and I saw so much passion last night, especially with Moss, of course, one of our members with Canada and stuff. And I know that those games are really important from an English perspective. I'm an England fan, you know, the friendlies just don't get me going. I mean, when Tyrone Mings is heading in a 92nd minute third goal against the Ivory Coast, it's just not. It just doesn't fill me with the energy that, you know, Arsenal does. And so I'm, I'm in need of a little bit of a boost. I'm in need of a little bit of a, an injection of adrenaline uh, for Arsenal. And hopefully that will be brought on Monday. Speaking of Crystal Palace and, of course, all of the 10 fixtures that are remaining this season. Myself and five of our members yesterday, I was very happy to be joined by Chris and Alex and Brad uh, and Moss and King. And we all basically sat down and we predicted the last 10 games of the Premier League season. So if you want to go and have a look at that, that's the last video on the channel before this one. So make sure you go over there and give that a view. And uh, yeah, watch watch it and let us know what you think in the comment section as to your predictions for the last 10 games. If you haven't done so already, do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe if you're new. And without further ado, let's jump into the chat box and say good morning, Matt G getting in there first. That's a blast from the past. Matt getting in there before everyone. Brilliant stuff. Rich Cardo, Penny Wynn, Jose, Kevin... And uh, Titus even tried, can only get best of sixth place today. If you want to get first in the chat, you need to be on it in the mornings. Uh, I don't really have a set time that these pop up. Like It could be basic, basically depends when I wake up as to when they come up on the screen. But uh, fair play to the people really trying to get first in the chat box. It's commitment is what it is. Good morning to Kevin and Tony. Good morning to Afsar. Good morning to Norbert and Simon. 
uh, and friendship family. It's a very apt way of describing the channel's chat box. Uh, Harvey, good morning to you, and Morgie and Roger. Uh, Malawi, good morning to you. Uh, Tulip, good morning, mate, and fantastic to see so many more of you as well. Apologies that I can't say it to everybody because I would be here forever, Chris. I try, but I fail. <laughs> it's really difficult to get the first comment. Trust me, as soon as I click generate on like uh, StreamYard to uh, to create the stream so it pops up in your YouTube feeds, I, I click over and there's already someone saying warning. It's mental, uh, the commitment levels that uh, the people in here produce. It's mad. Um Anyway, let's crack on. Bit of news regarding the Arsenal way. Slight change in the morning show time. We usually do our shows at 9.30 um, because of some big changes that's going on at Football London and in our team with Football London. Uh, our shifts have changed. Uh, and so we have now moved the show till 10 a.m. Uh, so no longer 9.30. They're now at 10. So if you want to tune in for our morning shows over on the Arsenal way, 10 a.m. is when they will be linked as always, in the description through the link tree. If you go and click that, it will take you to the channel. Um, interesting news to kick off, though, of the Champions League. Um, and this is also where I'm going to drop in our poll for today's show, is basically the Champions League sees the possibility of historical merit um, coming back into the fold. So that basically, if you don't qualify for the Champions League and you're of a certain stature or if you've got certain... I don't know how they're going to work it out of historical merit because a team like Spurs, you know, never won the competition. They've only been in the Champions League a number of times. Um, would they still get into the competition? Would you not give it to teams like Nottingham Forest who have won it twice or Aston Villa that have won it? You know, it doesn't make too much sense. But the question that I'm going to throw to you today is would you accept a historical merit qualification qualification place for the UCL if Arsenal finished not in the top four? So that's the question. Would you accept a historical merit place in the Champions League if Arsenal finished outside the top four. Uh, just make sure I get my grammar right. There we go. There's the question, yes or no. Uh, that's all you've got to do and get your votes in now. Uh, a little bit of a moral dilemma for you this morning to try and go through, but we'll revisit that vote at the end of the uh, at the end of the news and then revisit through in the Q&A section as well in the second half of the show. The first Arsenal-specific news, Thomas Partey scored to take Ghana through to the World Cup in the winter. Massive congratulations to Thomas Partey. Massive commiserations to Mohamed Elneny, who will not be there, but Partey and Ghana certainly will. William Saliba, staying with international football, started his first senior match as a uh, French senior international. Matteo Genduzzi also got on the score sheet, I believe, for his first France goal. I might be wrong about that, but I can't remember him scoring uh, outside of that uh, outside of that goal. But he got on the score sheet right at the end with a really nice right-footed finish in the bottom right-hand corner. But Saliba started. And tonight at 8 o'clock, uh, we'll be giving you our monthly Saliba update. I'll be joined by Ben from the Marseille View at 8 p.m. UK time to talk through Saliba's march and, of course, get further reaction to him playing in the French senior national team. So make sure that you're subscribed with those notifications turned on to get that 
content. Moving forwards, uh, Hector Bellerin's future still seems to be up in the air. Antonio Cordon, who is the Betis director, said that we haven't negotiated with Arsenal yet and we haven't talked about the future. We have to wait to see. Uh, we have to wait and see how the season ends. So Hector Bellerin certainly um, is is still a player that we don't ultimately know what will happen with them. The my feeling is obviously that they that he will move on in the summer. I don't see Bellerin remaining with Arsenal, especially with Tommy Yasu. Um, and I think that obviously we, we're in a situation here where a player that was worth a significant amount of nut money is now in a position where that value has dropped. The loan hopefully has lifted it slightly, but the problem is he's only got one year left on his deal. And so that makes it very, very difficult to demand a serious figure. The hope will be that a number of teams are interested in Bellerin. And that will hopefully drive up the price. But we're going to have to wait and see how much Arsenal are able to get for him. Uh, now, a very interesting link to Sinistera of... Um, he's a Colombian, I believe, uh, winger who plays the Feyenoord. In one of the quickest turnarounds of transfer stories I have seen, yesterday morning, Arsenal were being linked along with Napoli. And by the afternoon, Arsenal had pulled out of the race to sign Sinistera. Uh, this was reports that came out from Italy that Napoli looked to be the side that are leading the race for Sinistera. I think people in the chat box have brought up his name before. Can't say I've seen a load of him. I know that he's pretty rapid uh, from his FIFA card. <laughs> That's about it. I just remember him being really quick on FIFA. That is the only thing I know about Sinistera. Uh, I don't know enough about him to have a judgment on, on how good of a footballer he is, but uh, he is someone that was linked with Arsenal yesterday morning, and by yesterday evening, Arsenal had reportedly pulled out of the race to sign him. Quite a quick turnaround uh, in terms of a transfer story. But of course, we like to bring you all of the stories that we find regarding our great club. And that was certainly one of the more amusing ones. Uh, now, not so amusing and much more serious seems to be the links uh, coming out of Italy again with Arsenal and Lataro Martinez, a player whose name I love to try and pronounce as best as feasibly possible. Um, but he is a player, of course, who's been linked to Arsenal in the past. We were linked to him quite heavily in 2021. Uh, we saw him sign a brand new deal with Inter. Milan after Romelu Lukaku left. However, it does seem to be that he will yet move on in the summer. The possibility of him moving on is there. Whether or not he would is obviously another matter, but the possibility of him leaving is there. And it would take a figure in the region of 58.5 million to get him out, which to be honest, for the level of player that he is, I think he's a fairly reasonable price tag. What I would say though is considering he's played a lot more in a kind of number two um, position. He's played with two forwards. He can play on his own and has done that for Argentina. But he's played with Lukaku. He's played with Dzeko. I'm not sure whether or not he would fit the Arsenal system and be able to lead that line on his own, whether or not he'd have to play off of a central striker again for Arsenal. I'm not sure. But he is a quality forward. He certainly can uh, mix it with the big boys. He showed that when scoring against Liverpool earlier on in the season in the Champions League. I would be open to a move, but I think there are other targets that I have kind of you know, settled on more so than Martinez. But it's good to see us linked with players of a significant level like Martinez. And hopefully we'll see more of this towards the summer transfer window opening. And our headline story of the day is that Arsenal have asked to be kept in the loop regarding Rafinha's future. Fabrizio Romano reporting that two release clauses are in the Brazilian winger's contract. Should Leeds stay up, it would remain at 75 million. However, should Leeds go down, it would drop to a minimal 
25 million to get him out of Leeds United. Now, Barcelona have continued to lead the race at this point in time, and they will be waiting until the end of the season to see if Leeds indeed do go down. If they do, I can imagine that Barca will swoop in pretty strongly. But Arsenal are also said to have been asked to be kept in the loop regarding possible movements for Rafinha. And I think what this shows us, along with the links to Cody Gakpo, which we talked about yesterday, is that Arsenal are looking at a wide forward player, a player that can come in and play in a central position, that can play in a wide position, and that can really push the likes of Saka and Martinelli uh, and Smith Rowe as well. It also probably says a lot about Nicola Pepe's future as well. And maybe the, the fact that he will move uh, away from the club. We, we brought you that interview of him yesterday in which he said that he would be basically, we'll see what happens during the summer window. The focus right now is getting into the Champions League with Arsenal, but that he will see what happens in the summer. So I think that it certainly seems to be, and the indications are, that this move for a wide forward could have a big impact on his future. And that is all of today's news. Um, so we will have a look in the chat box to how our poll is going. We asked you at the beginning of the show, would you accept a historical merit place in the Champions League if Arsenal finished outside the top four? Or, or would you turn that down? 50, uh, 35% have said yes, they would. But a massive 65% would say no, thank you. I don't want to be in the Champions League based on historical merit uh, and would turn that choice down. Um, very interesting. Fair play, those people that have said that. You're maybe bigger people than me. Um, being in the Champions League is a massive, massive plus for the club and moves us forwards. And if it's the way that they're going to play the game, do we want to miss out? I'm not so sure. But I completely understand um, that we don't want to get into a competition that typically has been done through, you know, qualification and to be honest it used to be you have to win the league to get into this type of competition so the fact that they're now opening up just because of historical merit um is is bad it's bad but fair play to the 63 percent uh, that are currently voting no we will return to that vote towards the end of the show uh, let's go to your questions though in the chat box in the second half of this morning's episode Okay, then let's jump into the chat and see what questions we've got. Ian says, if there was a choice between Serge Gnabry and Raheem Sterling, who would you prefer? Maybe Gnabry can play in the right competition to Saka. Um, Sterling's wages are a little bit of a concern for me. Um, I think that that, I think Gnabry is available for less than what you'll be able to get Sterling committed to. So I think that make me lean towards Gnabry. And they're two players that are probably in a very similar bracket to one another. So I don't think that would necessarily be a bad thing. Uh, Kevin says Gakpo and Nunez or Laka and Haaland for or David and Martinez or a pair of your choice. Wow. It's very hard to say no to Erling Haaland. Very, very hard. Uh, what I would say is that his injury record of late has been very poor, and that does make it slightly easier to lean towards Gakpo and Nunez. Call me mad, but I do believe that maybe Arsenal would get more from getting Gakpo and Nunez than they would from Lacquer and Haaland. Um, but the difference is I think that Haaland is, is arguably one of the two best players in the world coming through with Mbappe. It's very close. I, I'm tempted to not even pick between the two options. I wouldn't choose the third option of David and Martinez, um, but it's the first or second. But I'm very, very torn, Kevin, on who I would pick between those. That's a very difficult question. Um, Oli says, hey, Tom, what are your thoughts on Nacho Monreal's comments on Urza? Yeah, we talked about this the other day. 
when they came out. I thought that they were very contradictory um, because in the same kind of in that line of questioning, he said something along the lines of, you know, Ozil's problem is that he had problems with everyone. Um, but then at the end of it, you know, he, he also said a quote, which was like, he got on with everyone. So I don't really know. Uh, maybe it was a lack of being translated or uh, it was lost in translation. I don't know if the, if it was done in English or not. Um, I know it was done through 442, I think. So maybe it wasn't, to be fair, done uh, in, in Spanish. And maybe it was done in English. But I don't know if that was what he intended to say or if it came out right. But it was very contradictory because at the start of the paragraph, it looks like he's slating him. At the end of the paragraph, it looks like he's backing him. He also said that he had problems with anger, and that's why he didn't play in the last however many games of the season it was. It's strange. I don't find it surprising because, you know, Ozil's got this history of, of these issues with managers and coaches, etc., and is now having issues at Fenerbahce as well. So I don't know. Um, but I'll tell you what, there's a reasons why you block Ozil things on Twitter. <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't want him coming after you. Marcus says, is it not the same as asking happy to be in the Champions League when we're not champions of your country? I don't think it's the same because you still have to earn that right to be in the Champions League competition by finishing in the top four. Whereas if you're given a spot because of your historical merit, it's, it is different. It's that you're not earning it in the same way. No, you technically have earned it through your past of being you know, a historically big club. But how do you decide that? Arsenal have never won it. Arsenal don't deserve to be qualifying for a competition they've never won. That's 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 not right. Like Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa deserve to be in the Champions League through historical merit more than we do. So that doesn't make any sense, uh, any sense whatsoever. Uh, Morgie says, Tom, from England starting 11, I would have these Arsenal, uh, these at Arsenal, Mitchell, Ward, Prowse, maybe Rice, Bellingham in a heartbeat, but the rest, ignoring Ben White, no, thanks. Uh, ignoring Ben. Is that Ben Ben White? I'm trying to think of any other Bens now you might have missed. Um, other than him, no thanks. Uh, in my opinion, shows Arsenal have a strong team and squads. I mean, yeah, we've got a better goalkeeper. Uh, I wouldn't be taking Carl Walker-Peters or Carl Walker, who's now, you know, in his, his, his early to mid-30s. Uh, Kieran Trippier, the same. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, though, you know, probably would take him, to be fair, over Tomiyasu, or with Tomiyasu. Uh, either of those two, I think, would be great. Uh, centre-halves, we have Ben White. He's arguably the best English centre-back. But then Gabriel, is, I'd say he's better than Mings. I'd rather have uh, Gabriel than Maguire. I'd rather have him than uh, Gehi or uh, or Connor Cody. Left-back Tierney is, is, is the left-back situation to our benefit. Luke Shaw... Who else have we got? England's left backs. It's completely escaped my mind now who it would be, who the other one is beyond Luke Shaw. But uh, who is it? Why can't I think of another left back? Surely there's another left back. <laughs> but I mean, Kieran Tierney has been fantastic for us. So Rice and Bellingham, though, are absolutely brilliant. And they both get into our team um, over Granite Xhaka, you would have to say. Smith Rowe, Saka, uh, Kane, Kane up top, you know, Ben Chilwell. Thank you, Ian. Yes, Ben Chilwell, who I don't really think is wildly better than Tini. I certainly wouldn't swap them. So, you know, I, I think that we're in a situation where we, we don't have to swap those two. But when it comes down to Kane, sometimes you have to swallow your pride and say, look, he's one of the best strikers in the world. And, you know, Arsenal are probably better off with him in our team than in Spurs' team, that's for sure. Uh, Bradley, who joined us last night in our uh, in our look ahead to the uh, to the last game of the season, and is clearly up at a ridiculous time in the morning. Brad, what are you doing? Uh, says Tom, are you worried about Arsenal not pulling the trigger on a first choice striker? 
I kind of get a bad feeling that they will try to roll with Laka for another season. No, I'm not. Uh, I think they will go for a first choice. My my issue is that if they commit to Lacazette for an extra year instead of going for two quality forwards, I have a bit of an issue about that. It depends on who we're able to get and who isn't available. But I'm not worried that we will, uh, or rather I'm not worried that there is a chance that we won't bring in a striker. I very much think that we will. Uh, Namdul says, uh, hi Tom, uh, my thoughts on Nunez is that he isn't technically clean and seems fortuitous in many goal-creating circumstances. He won't find that space in the Premier League. What are your thoughts? I disagree. Uh, I do think that Nunez is a is proving to be a quality forward and has world-class potential. He's not yet world-class and he's still just 22. He's still got elements of his game that he needs to refine and improve and develop on. But I like his finishing. I like his aerial ability. I like his physicality. I like his touch at the moment. And technically, yes, he needs to improve in certain aspects of his game and be a little bit quicker with some of his decision-making, some of his first-touch movements. But that will come especially playing for Arsenal. So... I think there's a lot to like about him, and I think that he would flourish in this Mikel Arteta team. Um, what happened to Balogun? Balogun scored uh, for England's under-21s, Richie. So uh, he, again, getting on the score sheet uh, for England. I think he got a brace, in fact. So uh, he's gone on loan to Middlesbrough, and we'll be back in the summer. Don't you worry. Um Let's scroll down. Jay Mbele says, speaking of Ozil, AFTV, an interview with an agent promoting his new book, get him on. Uh, no, I, I don't think. Um, I think that everything that will be talked about on AFTV is probably what will come through from that. Um, if the opportunity is there, why not? But I think that AFTV, you know, will, will get pretty much most of the lines that there are to get out of that one. Billy says, it's based on UEFA coefficients, Tom. Would you accept if they create the space for clubs with high coefficients to compete in playoffs alongside the lower league clubs? No, um, I wouldn't base it on. I wouldn't accept it. Uh, I, I just, I find it very hard. Would I stop supporting Arsenal in the Champions League if it, we got in it through it? No, obviously not. But I wouldn't be, it wouldn't feel anywhere near as, you know, it wouldn't feel good to go into the competition through historical merit. Uh, it's just basically a way to protect clubs like Barcelona and Real Madrid and Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund or, you know, Man United if they don't get into the Champions League through that top four. So that's that's the concern. That's the worry. Uh, Walk says, doesn't this qualification thing smell like the Super League? Yes, it does. Basing qualification on past merit, slippery slope. They'll be going down. It's very hypocritical. It's very Super League-esque. It's disgusting. And, you know, how's, how's um, Sheffer in the head of UEFA can stand there and belittle or berate the Super League proposals and then put in a historical merit qualification phase into his own competition just shows you the level of inadequacy that there is in the leadership models of these giant corporations that run the competitions. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Craig says, hi, Tom. I feel more relaxed about transfers this summer. Even if we do finish outside the top four, Arteta and the club have earned my trust with how they for, uh, fortified the spine of the team last summer. Uh, Craig, I agree with you. Look, if we finish outside the top four, it would be a huge disappointment, in my opinion. It wouldn't be a failure because that was not the target I set out at the beginning of the season for me. It's my opinion. But what I would say is that it would still be a massive disappointment considering the opportunity that we have to get there, especially if Spurs end up finishing in the top four with Antonio Conte at the helm. So there is a lot still to play for. There is a lot that still needs to be done. Fingers crossed 
we can get it. What I would say is that Crystal Palace have ultimately had a little bit of issues with injuries ahead of Monday. Zaha is a doubt. Elise is a doubt. So there hopefully is a little bit more good news for Arsenal. Oh, yeah, says, someone please explain this ridiculous notion of us getting two strikers. Makes absolutely no sense. Plus, those fans are setting themselves up for disappointment for no reason. Balogun is there. I don't think Balogun is ready to be Arsenal's second-choice striker. And I think, actually, maybe another loan to a Premier League club next season would be really beneficial. Getting in two forwards is not ridiculous. It's not ridiculous at all. In fact, to the best of my understanding, it is what Arsenal are looking to do, is they're looking at two forwards. It might be that one of those forwards is a wide forward with the scope to play centrally. But what I would say is that it isn't ridiculous to consider Arsenal pushing for two forwards in the summer transfer window because it is something to the understanding of me and my colleagues uh, and Chris Wheatley reported this that two forwards is on the agenda. Uh, Weedy says, did you see PSV told Arsenal Gakpo will cost 42 million and Barcelona have registered interest in Tierney now. Also, Pepe's current value is only 27 million in today's market. Um, I'm not surprised that Barcelona are interested in signing Tierney. Real Madrid have shown that interest as well. They will have to pay a significant amount of money if they want to sign him. Pepe's value doesn't surprise me either. And Gakpo's price is definitely worth it. Philip says, if you had to pick two major attributes in a striker out of this list, what would you pick? Pace, dribbling, heading, hold up, play, passing, high work rate. Um, that's really hard. Does it mean that they don't have the attributes of the others? High work rate has got to be a must if you want to play on this Arsenal team, surely. Um, and then, you know, we need, it's interesting you haven't put clinical finishing on there. I think that the high work rate and uh, passing are two really key parts of what a striker needs to play at Arsenal. You need to be able to link up play with your teammates. You need to be able to work hard and press. I think that the other traits are important, but I think that those two will be looked at as a possible traits for a striker. Um, and whether or not they have them or not, who knows? But I think that's what they would look to is strikers with those types of attributes. That's why we link with someone like Jonathan David because his work rate is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I uh, see till I die this morning, Tom. Is it better to keep Mainsley as squad depth seeing as we wouldn't get much for him in the summer? No, I would move him on and promote Charlie Patino or Salah Radin or someone from the youth team instead and give them opportunities instead. Uh, Vengaboy, we don't know yet if Saka has yet recovered. He only tested positive uh, last week, so he will be on the mend. We don't know if he'll be available for the Palace game as of yet. Mikel Arteta will conduct his press conference at the end of this week. Uh, Albrecht says, would you keep Cedric for next season? Yes. Uh, would you prefer an upgrade on uh, if Norton Cuffey isn't considered ready? I don't think he will be considered ready. But what I would say is that bringing in a replacement for Cedric would block the path of Norton Cuffey in the future, a player which is showing real potential. So right now, I would keep Cedric. I think he's a fine backup to Tomiyasu and allow Norton Cuffey further development to come through and stake a claim for a place in the squad either next season or the following season. Byron says, morning, Tom, and morning all. I hope that we are well today. You too, mate. Billy says, considering we could be in European spot, hopefully the Champions League, how many players do you think we need to add to this team to cope with the extra games? I personally think four is enough. It also depends on who leaves, Billy, who, you know, we move on. We're thinking the Matt Turner's coming in for Burnt Leno. That's already one. Two forwards, that takes you to three. And then the central midfielder, I think, adds another. But if you then start losing Nelson and Maitland-Niles and El Nenny and Holding and uh, Cedric, who knows? Uh, you've got other players that could move on as well. Torreira, we know he's going. Mavropanos is going. Ganduzi will leave. Um, there's a lot within the squad, a lot, but you know, there's quite a few moving, so maybe we'll need a few 
more. Um, Weedy says, isn't it odd that Ramsdale is England's best goalkeeper this season, yet Pope plays ahead of him last night? Ramsdale's injured, Weedy. That's why he didn't play. <laughs> Ramsdale's not in the squad. So uh, that's why um, that's why Pope played. So there you go. Uh, let's scroll up and see if we've missed anything. Tulip says, Rafinha, Schick, Bellingham or Gakpo, Nunez and Tielemans. I would go for... Oh, that's a really good question. I feel like Bellingham is probably destined to be the best centre midfielder in the world, arguably. So I probably would pick the first three just because the level is so much higher and Schick and Rafinha are still going to give you a plenty of quality. Um, let's scroll and get some more questions in before we wrap things up. We've got five minutes left. Don't forget about Trusty. I forget about Trusty because he's going to be going on loan in the summer. So, you know, that he's not going to be part of the squad. Answer says, I haven't seen a single team buy two number nines in a season. Hopefully one forward and one wide forward. And then we keep Lacazette for two more seasons or just the one. Um, it's very rare that it does happen, but it's a situation that Arsenal need to try and work out this summer. Uh, it's not the last time that, it's not the first time that teams would have done something for the first time. Why can't Arsenal do it for the first time this time around? Uh, Gakpo says Fuad or Gnabry. Uh, I think that's a really, again, a really tough one. I lean towards Gakpo because I feel like the right-hand sides, um, I th- oh, saying that, you know, if Pepe moves on, Gnabry on the right, competition for Saka, arguably Gnabry's more accomplished already in the middle, but Gakpo's got more potential at 22 years of age and he adds more physicality with his height. It's a real split one. Um, very, very difficult indeed to pick between the two. I still lean towards Gakpo because I just think the potential is so much higher right now. And yeah, I like the profile of, of Gakpo more. Uh, let's see how the poll's getting on before we wrap things up. Would you accept historical merit place for UCL if Arsenal finished outside the top four? Yes, 42%. No, 58%. So it has dipped slightly from that yes side from the start of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, people. As I said, this is not your only show of the day. We will be live at 8 p.m. tonight covering William Saliba's month, getting into the French national side and succeeding again with Marseille. I'll be joined by Ben from the Marseille View. So I look forward to talking to you more about Saliba this evening. If you want to join us on the Arsenal way, that show has moved from 9.30 in the mornings to 10 a.m. So make sure that you've got all of your schedule in line if you would like to join us a little bit later on. It's been an absolute pleasure to join you guys as it always is. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your likes and your comments and everything else. It's always an absolute uh, joy uh, doing this in front of you every morning and I'm glad that you join me every day for it. So we'll see you again very, very soon and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mc delivery you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.